Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Rochelle. This podcast started as a space to use my voice, to share my journey of healing, and it's turned into so much more. It's a space about all things emotional, because for me, learning to self-regulate and accept what I was feeling was game-changing. Together, we learn the tools to self-regulate. We talk spirituality, holistic healing, and modalities such as human design and astrology to help you radically trust, love, and accept yourself. I have some amazing guests on here that share their story and share their tools. And this is really just a space to support you in healing mind, body, and soul. So I thank you so much for tuning in and putting yourself first. I appreciate every single one of you. Welcome back to another week, another episode. I uh, cannot promise that this won't be interrupted because it just started thundering and that always pulls my kids out of the room. But this week I'm going to talk about a little bit about the September transits and then I want to have a conversation about ego because it's something that I've been having a lot of conversations around lately, something I've really been working to master, I guess you could say, um, master, have awareness around, have understanding around, have acceptance around. So those are kind of the two things I'm going to touch on in this specific episode. So this month we are currently in Virgo season and Virgo, you know, is all about organization. It's all about the details. It's all about being in service to others. It's a bit about perfection. It is ruled by Mercury, um, but more of the analytical side, whereas uh, Gemini is more of the curiosity, the inquisitive uh, version of of Mercury, whereas Virgo is kind of that more, I have the information, now I'm going to analyze the information. So that's what we have now until this 22nd when the sun then moves into Libra. Mercury is going retrograde on September 9th. And so we're kind of in this revving up phase. And then simultaneously, we're kind of revving up for the Mars retrograde, which I believe, don't know the exact date, but it is happening in October. And then Mars will essentially stay in Gemini between now and March of next year. So Venus enters Libra September 29th as well. We have our full moon in Pisces on the 10th and our new moon in Libra on the 25th. And so Virgo is just like a really great time. I've been noticing a lot of like body stuff coming up, right? A lot of getting in touch with my body, wanting to really control my health. I've noticed kind of a little bit, I talked about this last week, I think, but just sort of like this almost overeating or whether it's like emotions are coming up and I'm kind of overeating and alcohol and stuff. And I just have been feeling this very much wanting to get grounded in myself and wanting to take care of my health and really getting more. I'm really, I'm reading a lot of uh, finance books. And as with anything, I think, you know, a big portion of it is really, really getting disciplined in your mind. Right. And so that to me translates into, you know, if I can get disciplined with my food, then I can get more disciplined, you know, and I'm so much about health and I believe it is a holistic, you know, I view it from a holistic approach. So it's not just getting disciplined with my food. It's also managing your emotions, right? It's regulating your stress levels. It is moving your body. It is spirituality. So there are so many different facets to it, but really I've been noticing a little bit more out of alignment when it comes to food lately. Not that I, you know, I feel like I eat generally well. I am plant-based. And so I'm always looking at organic ingredients, but you know, going out to eat, maybe eat a Beyond Beef burger if I go out or maybe have too many carbs. 
So just like those things kind of really trying to get more in alignment with that and, and going back to like what actually feels good. Because if I'm eating and I don't feel good after I'm eating, then something about that meal was out of alignment for me, right? And, and I wasn't honoring myself and what my body actually wanted and needed. And so that's kind of what, where I'm feeling called to is really connecting, you know, with, with nature because, you know, Virgo is an earth sign. Um, it's feminine, it's mutable energy. Uh, and so just kind of really getting in touch with that. And I have Mars and Capricorn in my sixth house and Virgo rules the sixth house. And so just having Mars in that space, I get really like really aggressive about it almost. Right. I've always kind of been like that way about my health, but specifically when I, you know, I'm, I'm then like revving up about it again. And especially because Mars is now in its shadow phase of going retrograde. So Mars is just doing all sorts of things right now as well. So yeah. And Virgo is really interesting because um, we have, you know, when you look at astrology, you have basically Aries to Virgo is sort of, is sort of like getting to know the self. And then you have Libra to Pisces is, is getting to know the soul. And so you have Virgo, which is, you know, it's a very, it's a feminine sign. And, um, you know, when you look at the symbolism of Virgo, it is um, represented by the maiden, right? The womb. And so this, it's almost like Virgo is like birthing the soul, right? You kind of go from, from the personality, from the, from the ego side of things, right? From that material kind of that, that portion of it. And then you're moving more into this like soul portion of astrology. And so really like leaning into that feminine energy, leading into that earthly energy, right? Leading into that like soul essence that we're we're birthing as we go through this this phase. And so it's really kind of a beautiful beautiful energy. And also very much about the home has been coming up too, like wanting to make sure my space is clean. Things that need to be cleaned are kind of like yelling at me as opposed to before. Maybe I could have just like gone through my day and like maybe not noticed it. Um, but that's really been coming out quite a bit with this as well. And, you know, with with our full moon in Pisces, um, you know, full moons are a really great time to release. And Pisces is, you know, super spiritual. Um, it can be kind of out in its own world like not so grounded and you know the the shadow sides of pisces is kind of like addiction codependence people pleasing so all these things can kind of come up and maybe it's a great time to like look at those and really really release them and kind of like let them go at this time we have like everything <laughs> in retrograde um we have mercury about to go retrograde mars about to go retrograde we have Uranus, Jupiter, Neptune, Pluto, North Node. I mean, so much big retrograde energy. And I had a beautiful conversation that's coming out on the podcast shortly. And we were, just, and part of it was an energy reading for the collective. And part of it was just this really looking inward at ourselves. And I love having conversations like that with people who maybe don't necessarily know much about astrology, but then we can look at actually what's happening in the planets and relate that to, you know, what energy readers are picking up and how it is very similarly aligned because all of this energy is really having us looking inward at ourselves and really having us looking at these things that can no longer be ignored, right? These things that are, are asking to be seen. And so it's just kind of like a beautiful melding of energies, I guess, or uh, messages. And yeah, it's just, again, coming back to the self, this has like always been, um, it's always important for me, right? To just kind of like come back to myself, come back to my knowing and finding this balance between identifying, I'll say 
identifying the ego because that has been coming up so much for me lately. I've really noticed some patterns. I've really come into awareness of my patterns and understanding why I'm feeling that way and understanding that sometimes I feel the need to express because it gives me clarity. It gives me, and maybe it's part, partly the ego, but then I also know what I'm looking for, whatever it is, relationship, partner, friendship, you know, any, any sort of connection with another human being. If I can't express things to you and it be taken seriously or at least respected, then maybe it isn't something that is for me. Right. And that took a long time to come to because when I move through things, it feels scary. It feels vulnerable as so many of us feel that way. But I think, you know, in, in one of the last couple, last few episodes, I'll link it in the show notes. If you did not listen to it, go listen to it. But it's healing, anxious, um, healing insecure attachments. And that in itself has been so helpful in understanding why I go through things that I go through. Because as a fearful avoidant, I lean towards, I tend to lean towards anxious a lot. And understanding that is really powerful because our ego is really loud, right? Our ego is going to show us all of our insecurities. Our ego is going to tell us that we can't do things. It's it's intent is to protect us. And I, again, had a really interesting conversation about ego recently that I can't wait for you to hear on the podcast. But I read somewhere and it was saying that, I don't remember, I don't, I honestly don't remember what the context of it was, but it was about ego. And there was a visual this person had had written and it was like, you know, as soon as they opened the door to the ego, it was like the ego just wants to be seen, right? The ego wants to be seen. It wants to be heard. It wants to do all these things. But knowing that I am in control and I don't have to follow what the ego says, I almost felt like a sense of compassion for the ego. And I've, I've sort of always seen my ego as like my inner child. Um, when it speaks up, I know it's, it's hurt. It's upset. The ego only knows rejection, right? Because it's telling us all these things that we don't want or we can't be. And all we want to do is silence it. All we want to do is push it aside, push it away, get control over it so it's not, it doesn't exist. But the ego is so hugely part of who we are. So how can we listen to the ego but not be it? How can we honor it and integrate it in a way that is not becoming and believing what it is saying? Can we have compassion and understanding and awareness for the ego and allow that to be a healing catalyst for the ego, right? Like, can it, can we, in essence, like heal it and then get it on our side? So many times when I'm like in a battle with my ego and I'm fighting with my ego, it's like, if we can just almost entertain it for a minute. It loses a lot of its power, right? And I noticed like all these stories that come up. And even tonight I was trying to figure something and I was articulating something to somebody. And I was going through in my myself, like coming back to myself where it's like, it sometimes feels like when I'm on like a healthier path, the ego wants to create like chaos. It kind of wants to come back and run the show. It wants to like make a little bit of drama. So in those moments, like, how can I hear it, hear the story it's trying to tell me, but not, 
but but understand that I don't I, I am not that now. I don't need to be that now. I don't need to bring that into my life. Like, how can I just feel what's coming up? Because that's that's kind of what's happening, right? In a little bit of just like my body is reacting in a certain way and telling me something. Maybe I do want to ask a question. Maybe I do want clarity on a situation. And maybe that's just Maybe that's part of the ego. I don't know. But then the ego latches onto that little feeling, that little thing that's coming up where if it was just expressed in the moment it would be fine. But then it makes all these stories, you know, oh, well, you can't do that because the last time you did, this is what happened. Or, you know, if you make yourself vulnerable in that way, like nobody's going to want you, you know, all these like kind of stories and all these things that we've been told throughout our life just come up and resurface. And then the ego like latches onto that and it makes it bigger and it makes it bigger. And then all of a sudden we think that we're not worthy of anything and we've gotten like 20 steps back from where we're healing, right? So how can we just like let it be without letting it be so big? Because again, I do truly believe it's just trying to protect us. It's scared, it's hurt, it's rejected because it's all, that's literally that's all that, that it knows. And then you think like, if I had a friend outside of me I love the book, uh, The Surrender Experiment, because he literally talks about it just like he's he, the beginning of the book. He's telling he writes about how he tells everybody that voice in your head. Like, don't you know what that voice like that voice in your head? That's always talking. It's always going on and that voice in your head. And it's so true. Right. Because when I first like was trying to tap into my intuition, I kept saying that I'm like it's, it, it's just like that voice in your head. <laughs> it's like always talking, like always narrating because it, it is it's always doing something always. So it's like discerning between that voice in your head and your intuition. I believe intuition is more more of a, a feeling, but it it can also be the voice in your head. But there's a very big difference between the ego and then the intuition, because the intuition is like super soft, it's super gentle, it's super loving. It's just going to tell you. It's not going to sit there and yell at you, um, you know, because love does not yell, right? So when the ego is getting really loud and it's chaotic and it's fearful and it's anxious and it's all these things, we know that that's the ego. That's not intuition. Intuition is that super soft, gentle ping that you get and then it goes away and then the ego comes in and tells you why that couldn't have been the thing. That you can't trust that. That's not the thing that, you know what I mean? It, It makes reasons of why you shouldn't listen to that or why that wasn't truth or you know, and a lot of people, you know, people will talk about like getting those pings and following it. And the reason why so many of us don't is because we get those pings. It feels uncomfortable. So then our ego is like, makes reasons why that wasn't actually your intuition. That wasn't actually something you could do or you could follow. And I think the trick is just like, like with anything, starting small, we are so much run by our unconscious. It's just a fact. We are run by our unconscious. And, you know, it's really great to do all this inner work. It is so important to do all of this inner work. But then we also have to take action. I'm reading, or I just finished reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And like he said, he was like, you know, he gets these books or he'll go to workshops or he'll do whatever. And it's one thing to sit in a three-day workshop and listen. It's one thing to read a, a book cover to cover. But are you actually taking some sort of action on what you're reading in that book. And that's really powerful. And that's kind of like also, you know, within that, he was talking about self-discipline. You have to have self-discipline. And that's where I was sitting there. I was like, I need to get better at certain things of self-discipline because I know what I want. I know what lights me up. I've understood I'm 
I still have more to get to know about myself, but I feel like I'm in a really good place with myself. I can go through these emotional waves. I can go through these chaotic bouts of the, the ego that's trying to tell me I'm not worthy of anything, did whatever, pulling me down. And even within that, I still have, I have found that place in myself that loves myself, that knows it's worthy, that understands this too shall pass, just let, kind of just sits back and lets the ego and the body, you know, go through what it's going to go through, just patiently waiting for, you know, everything to align again, whatever that process has to be. Um, You know, emotions aren't always comfortable and that is so much what this podcast is about. I hope to give you the tools to make you feel not alone in what you're going through and to know that you can start to really sit back and observe what your body is doing. Because like I said, like I had a moment where I was feeling that very familiar chaos coming on where I was going to go into a low and want to overexplain myself or want to tell myself that, you know, I'm not worthy because, or I couldn't do this because, or nothing ever works out for me, like that victim-y space. But instead, I chose to just sit with the feeling, silence the mind, which never fully gets silenced, let's be honest, (laughs) but in coming into my body and focusing on the actual, physical, tangible feeling in my body. Where is it? What does it feel like? Can I create a visual of it? What does it look like? right? What does it feel like from the past? What is it telling me, right? All these things really getting, just sitting with it, even if it's for 20 seconds, showed me that I can sit with it and come into my body. And then the stories that my mind was telling me about how I can't or how I shouldn't or whatever, just kind of started to fall away. And then it allowed me to come in and be like, okay, I'm feeling unworthy. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling rejected, whatever it was. And it doesn't have to be more than that. These like cycles that I find myself going through or have done in the past, I have a lot more awareness of what it is now. And then they go faster because I'm also expressing myself. And as I was having a conversation with Sarah on the when we were talking about the fearful avoidant episode a few episodes back, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Love when that happens. Yeah. I guess just like understanding what's happening in my body, having compassion for what's happening in my mind and my body, because it's a twofold thing. It's not just the body um, because the mind like makes it so much bigger and like understanding my cycles and why I go through them and oh, that's what I'm saying. Expressing it. <laughs> I was trying to give myself time because I knew I knew that thought would come back. But expressing myself because that's something that's never really felt safe before. Because I either lean towards like, here was the thing. I never like express myself because I never felt like I was heard or I would be talked over or I would be told that I was wrong. I shouldn't be feeling that way. I shouldn't be thinking that way. Why would you say that? That is so, you know, I felt so much shame around the things that I was feeling. And then I kind of went to the polar opposite where <clears throat> I would just overexpress. But then even looking back at that, I probably wasn't being that clear when I look at my sun sign in 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 the gene keys, right? That 23, it's complexity or simplicity. And I used to overcomplicate it so much. So I would so much over explain myself 
But then I would also just kind of do the whole like, oh, but, you know, I don't really need to know an answer or, you know, the people pleasing. Where it's like I didn't want to overcomplicate things. I didn't want to be an inconvenience, but I really wanted the answer. But then I never really got the answer because I wasn't being just straight up clear. And then if I got an answer that I didn't, this is something I kind of realized recently. When someone tells us something, believe them, right? Because if you ask a question and and not that not that you're ever going to get the response that you want or that you expect, but if somebody says like in any sort of way that like, no, right? Like believe them. Don't try and read between the lines. Don't think that things are going to change. Like they may very well change down the line, but like in the moment, if somebody says no, believe them it's a no. But then being able to sort of express myself in a way that was clear, concise, not confusing, not over, over explaining, and just being me like, hey, where is this headed? Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Hey, <laughs> right? Like being clear because then you're never going to fully get a clear answer in response if we're not just open and honest about it. And so that's kind of been big because it does, like, even if somebody is like, I even noticed that pattern recently where the question was kind of, I asked a question, it was answered, and then it was turned back on me where it was like, well, what do you want? And I had that moment where I was like, ooh, this is weird. This is uncomfortable because people don't, <laughs> you know, like when people do turn it back on me, I'm just like, ooh, I don't know, but what do you want? But instead I was like, no, answer honestly, because if you don't show up as yourself, how are things going to progress in a way that you won't be disappointed at some at some point, right? Some of my prior relationships, I was people-pleasing so badly. Like I wanted to just be the person that they, I thought they wanted me to be because that would make me worthy of love. That would make them want me. And sure, yes, we ended up in relationships, but then, you know, three, four, five years down the line when I was feeling bitter and I was feeling resentful because I didn't show up as myself and I made so many sacrifices what I perceived were sacrifices, but it was really manipulation because I wanted that person to be happy and I wanted that person to care about me when if I just showed up as myself, as my full self, and that person didn't like it, we would never have gotten into a relationship to begin with. But then years later, kids are involved, finances are involved, family's involved, right? And then and then you can't, it's harder to then show up as yourself. Not impossible because <laughs> I believe you know, with the right person. Yeah, of course. Like, first of all, if you're with the right person, I don't think that you have to show up as anyone but yourself. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Those are just some lessons that I am learning lately. And a lot of that, yeah, just comes down to the ego and letting it do its thing, but then coming back to myself and trusting myself and knowing that like, I am I'm a whole ass human right here, right? I don't have to be anything other than what I truly am as myself. Um, and not just in relationships, right? Like in career and friendships and family life, like in so much, just showing up as myself is incredibly powerful. So those are kind of my musings this week. Again, I honestly, <laughs> I have not been tracking the transits um, in the way that I have did like last month or the month before, and I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to get a little bit more organized and structured um, this month, but it's just kind of been a lot more diving into myself and kind of trying to not identify with those things right now, right? As I'm kind of like going through this, this 
this growth, I guess, because growth is always sort of uncomfortable and it sort of takes us out of what we're used to so that we can actually make change and do things differently. So whatever this phase is. So this was just kind of like a very brief overview of the transits. Um, Next month, I do plan to come back and do more of a in-depth on the transits in October because I always notice every single year, it's always like November. Yeah, it's always November. Scorpio season is always kind of tough for me. I think with a Taurus sun, you know, we can't really embody the, the 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 elements of our sun sign without kind of going through and sifting through the elements of its opposite. And so Taurus is the opposite of Taurus is Scorpio. And so Scorpio has a lot of depth. It has a lot of darkness. It's got a lot of passion, intensity, right? It's got all these things. And so like every single Scorpio season, I notice it's kind of sticky. It's kind of hard. All like the big things in my life, like divorces, um, things like that have happened during Scorpio season. Um, and then also Pisces tends to be a little bit interesting Pisces season too. I have Pisces in my eighth house, Jupiter and Pisces, but it's in my eighth house. So that again is sort of, that's the house of Scorpio. Uh, that's the house Scorpio rule. So it's always kind of this like deep, dark, you know, the eighth house is the occult drug, sex, rock and roll. So it's kind of like all those things and those things tend to come up. So my, my personal kind of heavier seasons are always Scorpio and Pisces season. And so I, ever since I like really discovered astrology and I kind of like am able to sort of ground in and prepare for it, it's been a little bit easier, but I still notice those like cycles of emotional depth. And so, so yeah, so definitely going to buckle in, um, for do a little bit more digging, get a little bit more insight into, you know, from, from Libra, Libra to Scorpio season. So next month there will be probably a little bit more of an in-depth, uh, transit overview, but this was just a quick one. I just really wanted to talk about, you know, the ego and kind of like the lessons I'm learning in that. And hopefully it helps you. Um, so if it does like share with a friend, um, share over on Instagram, tag me, let me know what you think. Uh, if there's any topics you want to hear. And of course, if you want to, if you feel called to support the podcast, you can in the Patreon group. The HD 101 workshop is open and available. I left it open after the Soul Bundle because I was just so pumped and excited about it. And I am starting to do a like a mini mini workshop on the centers where I really visualize this as being going through each center, um, defined, undefined, open, explaining what that means, digging into the chakra associated with it, and then just different possibilities of different connections, right? So if you have the root center undefined, you know, this is what you may feel if you have the root center defined and it's connected to the emotions or it's connected to the um, spleen or it's connected to the sacral, just kind of like going through these possibilities. This was just something that kind of like dropped in and I wrote it down and then revisited it and it is letting me up. So I'm going to be creating that in the next like month or so. So keep an ear out for that. If you're on Apple iTunes, I would so appreciate a review. It really does help. And again, just share with a friend if this resonates. And even if you're just listening to this, I appreciate you so much. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.